Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, joined by Brandon Pillar today. Before we make the long and snowy drive to Belleville, the Spisens hosting the Laval Rocket. Yes, Barry Kakaniemi rolling into the CAA arena, but reinforcements have come for Belleville. Josh Norris and Drake Batherson will be in the lineup. Another win for Belleville would just put them that much more ahead of the pack. We'll break that down in two Senators games since our last show. Lots of moving pieces in and out of lineup. I mean, Rudy Balser's gear didn't even show up to Columbus. And then the best story of all, Bobby Ryan rejoining the lineup. We'll break down all that and maybe the best night of the Tankathon to date. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, February 26th, and Pilsy, that is three months and 10 days, 100 days of sobriety for Bobby Ryan rejoining the Senators lineup. What did you see from his game? Well, first off, just absolute congratulations to Bobby Ryan. What he's had to overcome to get to this moment. I think especially uh, when you're in the player's assistance uh, program, there's a lot of uh, hurdles and obstacles to get you back playing. So I think he's really, he's gone through all the motions. He's done the media. He's uh, talked about it. He's worked through all that. And now finally he gets to get back playing hockey and he got to play a lot of hockey, Ross. I mean, he had 15 minutes and 38 seconds of total ice time in this game, his first game back since November 16th. So good on Bobby. And he had a pretty good game if you check out his stat line, eh? Yeah, and admittedly, he mentioned after the game to reporters that the legs were feeling a little more and he went through dips in his energy level from high to low throughout the game to be expected. Yeah, you can skate all you want at the Sensplex with Sean Donovan and Jesse Winchester. All the injured guys, I know him and Christian Willannon have probably built a pretty solid relationship with Willannon's coming back from his shoulder injury. Um, and yeah, you just, it's a whole different level once you get to an NHL game. So good for Bobby Ryan. He was creating, he, he had the breakaway. But what was more impressive, and he, he echoed these sentiments, is that the move out of the corner, that's like a classic 2017 playoff Bobby Ryan, right? Hard on the puck, physical. Um, you know, when, when he has control of it, in like he pulls it back, he's, he's really hard to defend. He's a bigger guy than I think a lot of people give him credit for. Um, and, I mean, skating's always been the part that he can work on the most. But you're saying that uh, you think he felt maybe lighter than he had in the past. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you can't blame the guy. Like you said, uh, skating practice is all well and good, but the the pace of the game is just jacked up a couple notches. But I mean, look, he had four shots or yeah, four shots, two blocks, two hits. And surprisingly, DJ Smith, he wasn't afraid to use him on the power play as well. Only Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat had more time on ice on the power play. Bobby Ryan had two and a half minutes with the man advantage. So good on DJ Smith showing some respect to the veteran. I'm sure DJ Smith knows a lot about the work Bobby Ryan put in there and was appreciative to have a NHL veteran in his lineup. I mean, you're calling guys up left, right and center just to get a full lineup and uh, seeing guys like how. Yeah. Jace Howerluck. Jace Howerluck. Yeah. And uh, Matthew Pekka just coming in here to, uh, to fill roster spots. So 
good on Bobby Ryan, and it's nice to see that he's back. And I honestly, I just can't wait for that first goal. It's going to be a beauty moment. I thought he was going to get it on that breakaway, but I think the nerves kind of caught up to him, and he pulled the trigger a little quicker than he would have hoped. Yeah, having Bobby back is so important with all the guys who have been in the lineup recently. And something, we're going to get to the Belleville half of it, which I think is even more exciting with 20-year-old Josh Norris and 21-year-old Drake Batherson going back for the stretch run. But you only get a certain amount of recalls coming back the other way. And adding Bobby is one thing. But I want to get into a man who scored last night, Philly. That's Schlappy. He got his third of the season, assisted by the aforementioned Jace Howerlick and Rudy Balsers. Those are the two I want to focus on, though. Schlappick and Balsers, guys who have been up and down this year. But Pilsy, these are the 23-year-olds. These are the guys who have a bit more experience. Man, Schlappick played for Binghamton. Like, that's how long it's been, right? Wow. So, um, So these are the guys, I think, like Nick Paul earlier in the season and even towards the end of last year, these are the guys who you're going to integrate into the NHL lineup over the last 20 games and know what you have in them. Nick Paul earned himself an NHL deal this year, right? He, he played three games in Belleville uh, just because of a numbers thing at the start, but he was right up and he's been an NHLer since. So is this the most important time? And sure, maybe that's like a alarmist way to put it, but like Rudy Balsters and Philip Schlappick with strong finishes here, I think they could all but pen themselves into opening night lineup next season. Absolutely. And I mean, maybe, maybe not uh, as easy as, uh, as we can You're going to use like whiteboard marker instead of I'm putting them in in pen. Like, sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll do the whiteboard marker. They're definitely uh, pushing for spots, but who knows what kind of off season uh, the center is going to have with all these draft picks and stuff. So we'll see how that goes. But I agree. These, this is a crucial time. And we've been saying it all along when we knew guys like Nemestikov, uh, Ennis and probably Pajot were going to get moved out. There's going to be chances for guys to step up and have big opportunities. You know I'm a Rudy Balsers guy, so I was finally glad that he got the call-up. I was a little surprised Norris got it before him, but I mean, we knew he was going to get that call-up after the deadline. So I think Rudolph Balsers has a great chance to do some uh, good things and kind of raise his NHL stock for next season. And Philip Schlappick, that's a great goal to get assisted by Balsers, and these guys are showing that they can prove it at the NHL level if they get that chance. I can't wait to see what they do down the stretch, and then if they go back down to Belleville for the Calder Cup playoff run. Yeah, they are all eligible for the playoff, Schlappick and Balsers, that is. Um, Matthew Peck as well is uh, is AHL eligible, so that's kind of a, a neat little depth piece that, that can be played around with. That's crazy. Yeah, I guess because I think he was on waivers and he needed it, but Montreal had sent him and he got through waivers to go to Laval. So he, he was on the Laval roster and uh, right. when the trade was made, so I guess they didn't officially call him back up until after 3 o'clock. Um, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but it's got to be something like that. Makes sense. Um, we'll get to Belleville first and then into the fact that that was the best tankathon night in the NHL and how about Sens fans having a new team to uh, cheer against as uh, I got to give my stick taps to JG Pajot as well because I wasn't on the show um, after the trade deadline but obviously a great soldier talk about Islanders fans um, welcoming him with open arms doing the Pajot Olay chants and uh, well he made himself pretty uh, enamored right away Pilsy with a goal in a fight yeah, and uh, Ross, I know uh, you weren't too happy to hear the Pajot chants from Islanders fans. It uh, kind of turned your stomach, and uh, 
brought back some sour, sour taste in your mouth. But I was happy to see it because you know what? Pajot deserves it. And Brady Kachuk said uh, to the media, he's going he's gonna to get his cash, you know? And he got his cash big time for six years, 30 mil. How are you? So I'm happy he's on a team where he can succeed. Barry Trotz is going to make a hell of a player out of him. And he, he scores the first goal for the Islanders. Kind of a weird one. Bounces off the stanchions. And then he just tucks it in. He's like, wow, this is going to be easy here uh, in Brooklyn. So, And then he even he got the instigator penalty for jumping Truba and starting a scrap. I don't know. Ross, do you remember the last time Pajot got in a fight? I don't really. But he held his own there. He's been in a he's been in a couple this year, but I like going back to I want to say that he's mixed it up a couple times with uh, with some some smaller guys. Maybe Who did like he fight a, this year. I'm looking it up right now, actually. But how about I mean, it's becoming a theme uh, through the NHL with so many scattered senators, like good players. That um, Pajot got that one, but uh, the game winner goes to JG. Uh, Pajot or sorry, JG Pajot goes to Mika Zibanejad at the other end of the ice. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I'm looking right now. He was in uh, he was in two other fights this year. Um, he fought Braden Point, remember? He had, like a wrestling match behind the Ottawa net. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's why in, it didn't stick out. Yeah, In Ottawa, and then the same game where... Um, and Pajot was actually like pretty unanimously voted the uh, the winner in that one, uh, like 70% on HockeyFights.com. Nice. Um, and then he also fought in Philly, that same game where Brady jumped Scott Lawton. In December, yeah. Yeah, he, he fought uh, Joel Farabee in that okay, game. Okay, right. Yeah, that was a chippy game. Yeah, that uh, was a good old-fashioned hockey game for sure. Yeah, I, I like the the Braden Point Pajot one. I'm watching it now. It's a... Uh, it's a good, good little wrestling match. Well, we know JG's got a, a buddy. I, I'm blanking on his name, but who's an MMA fighter, so he trains with him. So I don't think uh, Pajot's the guy you want to get in a wrestling match with. He's got that low center of balance. Belleville's got an important game tonight. They haven't played since um, t- the game we were at on Saturday night. What a wild down, game. Down 3 nothing, winning in overtime. Alex Formanton flying down the far side and flipped one up and over Mikhail Burdine. That same goalie, I forgot. He's the guy who like tried to kick the puck out and almost like sliced the guy's throat. Do you remember that earlier in the season? Yeah, that's definitely a strange play by a goalie. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, but man, that was just a wild game. Belleville down three zip. And I remember we were in the control room, Ross, and we were just shaking our heads. We thought this game would go a whole lot different. But man, did they turn it up in the third. And as soon as Formanton had a single step on that defenseman for the Moose, you knew he was gone. Instant breakaway. That guy's speed is out of this world. And he just gets enough puck luck where, yeah, the goalie got a piece of it. It goes straight up into the air and then just trickles its way in on the bounce. So that was a fun replay to get because his Sally was unreal. And just yet another insane Belleville comeback. You cannot stop this team. No lead is safe against Bell Vegas. No, it really isn't. And we mentioned the reinforcing troops coming in tonight. So I'm excited for when the Belleville Center's Twitter account releases the lines or once we get there and, and make make note of it in warm-up because, oh, man, it's going to be deep. And it's going to be the first time, I think, all season. I, I might be wrong. They may have played one game together, uh, definitely for Batherson, but maybe Norris, where they they have Willannon in the lineup as well on the back end. I know other guys are up right now. Like Yar Ocean and England, or is England back? Is he going to be playing tonight? I, I assume he's going to stay with the Senators. They, they, the Ottawa Senators. That is, uh, they need, they need the D men up there with Boro injured. So, 
I don't think we'll see him in Belleville. That kind of he was Goldbuff was supposed to be in that spot, but Detroit claims him, and now England gets gets kind of that seventh defenseman role. If Boro was healthy, that is, he's kind of number six right now. Okay, cool. Well, either way, there's going to be some depth on on that Belleville lineup tonight. Um, mentioned, I think, yes, Barry Cockaniemi will be um, on the Montreal side, the third overall pick, uh, one pick before Brady Kachuk, who, yeah, ho-hum, another uh, four shots on goal, five hits in 21 minutes last And night. wearing the A. Yes. So not only yes. is in the NHL, but, man, does he look good with the letter on his jersey. You'd love to see that. It's tough to see Pajot go, but... It kind of brings, it warms the soul a little knowing that Brady is kind of stepping into that leadership role and he's going to be a guy that Sens fans can uh, covet for years to come. Absolutely. Stick taps to him for that. No Duclair and no Colin White as well. They're uh, they're both injured in the Columbus game. I don't think either one is very serious though, was it? I'm not sure the Duclair one didn't look good though. And Colin White, that hit, he uh, really, uh, his head kind of, ricocheted into the glass a lot harder than you'd like. I think he only played one or two shifts after that and then didn't return. So that's no good. But a home game against the Rocket where they pretty much beat them every time. Mind you, they're close games, but I'm feeling pretty confident tonight that uh, the B-Sens are not going to have to come back from behind because they're going to jump away right away. So you're saying the first first period money line is lock? Lock it up. Lock, right. man. Lock first, second, third period, money, puck line, let's go. You heard it from Brandon Pillar. Um, I'm Ross Levitan. You're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. And we talked about Pajot, but there were many other players that were on the move in Ottawa. And, well, one debuted. One will debut after we record here on Wednesday night. Um, I guess we'll start with the one that already happened, Tyler Ennis. Pretty wow. successful debut with the Oilers, but... The Anaheim Ducks still managed to pick up the two points. You love to see it. You just love to see it. And how about Tyler Ennis going from (laughs) playing with the Sens and then getting traded at the deadline to his hometown team? You think, okay, definitely going to be a top six player. Playing with Connor McDavid and newly arrived at the MSCU. That's a fast line. And that goal that Ennis got... What a beautiful play. This this line's going to be so successful. And Ennis just gets a nice, easy tip. Again, he was he scored the first goal for his new team of that game as well. So new players and new places doing well so far. But I'm just so happy for Ennis. And I, I honestly hope they re-sign him. I think they can get a couple good years out of him at a decent price for some depth for that Oilers team. Especially for this run, it was huge with Yamamoto, I think, being injured long-term now too. So big move for the Oilers. Huge move for the Oilers, but better move for Anaheim. New Jersey also winning, albeit against the Detroit Red Wings. Any thoughts on that, or it's just another stomp down on Detroit? I I think you just look at that game and wonder who is watching this game and why. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah, tonight Vlad Mestikov makes his debut for the Avalanche when they host the Buffalo Sabres, who for some reason were buyers at the deadline, but maybe it pushes them completely out of uh, decent lottery contention. And you know we had to save the best for last, right? The San Jose Sharks doubled up in Philadelphia 4-2 to two in Logan Couture's return. So Logan Couture was in the lineup there. 
but uh, he can't make saves. And I think that's kind of been the story of the San Jose season. I just like it's insane the derailment of this San Jose team since the time, uh, well, this season, I would say. You really did not expect this, and it kind of makes you laugh because this is exactly what Sens fans went through when they traded their first overall pick for Duchesne, thinking they're going to make a big push and this guy's going to put them over the edge, and then just a comedy of errors happening to both these teams. So maybe San Jose will get lucky and uh, that karma will come back for them. They'll, well, it's not going to happen with the Tampa Bay first rounder, we know that, but they can get a first rounder of a team that just absolutely falls to the bottom and they can uh, try to recuperate something there. Yeah, injuries have certainly played a, a major role in San Jose. Yeah. But you look at it, and in in five on five save percentage, Pelzi, in five on five save percentage, the Detroit Red Wings have a higher number than the San Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks are thirty first in the National Hockey League, below ninety percent at that, five on five. And that's crazy too, because I think uh, Jimmy Howard hasn't played in a while, but his record this season is something else. I think it was like. Three and twenty or something like they've he got that third win. The last I saw, I'll just wait a second because I'm pulling it up right now. But last I saw, he only had two wins. That's what I thought too, but I just assumed he picked one up since I last checked. Or nope. hope for the guy. Two wins, twenty-two losses, and oh, two man. overtime losses. That's yeah, that is uh, that yeah. is extremely tough. This Detroit team is. They've almost clinched last place in the league, and there's still 20 games left. They're like, already mathematically elimica- eliminated, like, last week. Like, that's unprecedented. Great. Like, hats off to Stevie Y. That's one hell of a tank. How about Jonathan Bernier, though, holding fort with a 907 save percentage? Like, they've only yep. had two other guys who filled in three games apiece, but an 864 save percentage and a 797. Um, of course, Jimmy Howard with the 886. Um, yeah, Detroit's not even really worth talking about in terms of the tank, but um, just showing that San Jose being below them in save percentage really kind of tells most of the story. Um, of of what's gone on there, of course, the Couture injury, the Hurdle injury, and the Eric Carlson injury. Ross, I'm excited a, about this. There's a third the board one now. looks a little different. Well, the the third one doesn't really affect anything. The Islanders aren't in the lottery, but take a look at slots three and four. The Ottawa Senators holding both of them. So the Ottawa Senators really have the best chance to get first overall with 11.5% and 9.5%. That's more than Detroit's uh, odds when you combine them total. So that is looking good. And both of them have the most dark color of green because that means they've <laughs> lost the most in a row. Ottawa with four straight losses. That's advanced stats for you folks. With Five, yeah, and it had been three and six for so long. So to see a little movement, and not only that, but how about the Devils with three straight wins, seven wins in their last ten games? So yeah. maybe we can say see you later. Chicago, on the other hand, has two wins in their last seven, so they're kind of equaling the dance floor. But all that is far away, far away, because the it's moving at a snail's pace in the bottom three. Um, the best team is San Jose, who I mentioned just lost five in a row with four wins in their last ten and then games. And the Sens lost four, so the tank has uh, really bumped up uh, since trade deadline. Yeah, it's been kick-started. And with, with that, give it a spin. 
that we can only talk so much. We've been talking about it uh, all season, and I think number seven is our most uh, frequent pick. So let's see if this does indeed change things. No, not at all. The Ottawa Senators picking fifth and sixth. Yikes. Fifth and sixth. That continues the the trend of the five, six, seven picks are really the the most common as I spin them around. And wow, five and six, Pelsey. The wow. uh, Minnesota Wild jump up to second overall from tenth. Don't like it. No. I think when you frame it though as just two top ten picks, like that still has some some carry oh yeah i mean like we were sp- for once the sends are spoiled with riches when it comes to first round draft picks and being upset imagine a couple years ago being upset about a fifth and a sixth overall pick in one of the deepest drafts in uh what scout a lot of scouts and gms are saying they've seen in a long time like really a fifth and a sixth pick that could that could be a game changer next season really so as much as we want much better it's still going to have a great effect, and Dorian's done a great job of buying into this rebuild and stocking up on assets. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited and happy that you mentioned Pierre Dorian's name because um, I'm just refreshing Twitter here, and Scott Burnside of The Athletic, uh, he and Pierre Lebrun uh, had had him on their podcast, so I'm excited to uh, oh, nice. to go and listen to that. We've got some, uh, some content here for our ride to Belleville. I guess we'll leave you at that because... Uh, we've got a game to go to. The Belleville Senators hosting the Laval Rocket at CA Arena. If you're in the Belleville area, why not? There's so much future NHL talent on the ice, both sides. I will give a little credit. No, not to you, yes, Barry. I don't care about your vision and your sick half-wall plays. Caden uh, Primo uh, has looked pretty good in, in limited NHL time. The son of Keith Primo, which is kind of cool. Uh, he chose the goaltending route instead, and he, he's pretty solid. So it'll take a lot for Belleville to, to beat him tonight, but I think they have it in him. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.